0: and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. We are previewing the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, the second race of the 2023 F1 season. And I'm joined by two people who haven't been sacked or suspended by a company over the last few days. Uh, It is Adam Dickinson and not Freddie Coates because we've got a guest, a special guest. Well, I say special, I mean... It's just a guest. <laughs> On the podcast, it is our third favourite Scottish person in the world. It is Andrew Wright from Total Motorsport and Golf Monthly. How are you doing?
1: Very well, thank you, Nigel. Um, who are the top two Scottish people?
0: Uh, well, our Total Motorsport boss, uh, David Scaevone and, um, and Andy. Andy Murray
1: and the new. OK, I, I can accept that just. <laughs> uh,
2: Adam, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, good, thank you. I mean, you don't actually know whether I've or not I've been sacked by any companies in the last few days, so that was a bit presumptuous, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I can neither confirm nor deny. But other than that, I'm good. Have you been sacked by any companies, for the record? No,
0: I haven't, no. No, okay, there we go.
2: Slow. Although I would say start. that, even if I had been, so, you know, oh, okay. I might have lied. Nice good point. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about F1. Because that's what we do on this podcast. Someone just sent me a message. That's Adam. <laughs> Adam just me a message uh, go away. Uh, we're going to talk first about Mercedes because there hasn't really been any kind of significant news. But on Saturday, uh, Mercedes put out a statement to their fans, or, or well, it was more of a letter. Uh, basically, I'm well, I'm not going to read it all, but it was asking them to back them, and uh, that they're going to improve and get better and Bahrain hurt and that kind of thing uh which I thought was kind of unusual because you don't really get these team statements uh at all really I can't think of any other occasions where it's happened after a bad result so yeah Adam what were your thoughts
2: when you saw that I mean uh it doesn't really change too much for me I think it's a positive step that they've done and they are, you know, kind of in not embracing but taking the challenge head on. But it still doesn't really change the wider um situation with Mercedes that we talked about last episode, that they have wasted effectively two years of development on the new regulations on a concept that they fundamentally decided doesn't work. And it it goes in line with what they'd already said on the Bahrain Bahrain Grand Prix weekend itself really. It doesn't really add too much New for that, so I think it's a good move PR wise and in, in terms of fan engagement, but in terms of what I think of them as an F1 team, it didn't change too much.
0: Andrew.
1: I think it's uh it's a sign of the sort of tribalism that's come into the sport, I think, with Strive to Survive. Um obviously like fans are just like toxic and it's just yeah, it's sort of a way to like appease them a little bit. Um, not that I think it's gonna do like a great deal in that, because I feel like it's all almost gonna stoke stoke the fire a wee bit more. Um, okay. I, saw, I think it's also like it's like an admission that they've just designed like fundamentally quite a bad car. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's like I saw someone comparing it to. Oh, can you imagine? Red Bull did this when they were struggling. You know, under the at the start of the turbo hybrid era. It's like I I get that like Red Bull would never do that, but Red Bull also fundamentally had a good car all those years. No, like, it didn't. It just like the engine was crap.
0: Yeah, so you know that's I mean? part of the car.
1: Yeah, but like the the car was actually it was a well designed car. Yeah, whereas Mercedes's car is just like you know the concept is seriously flawed. I, mean, so I think but... I think that's.
2: Sorry, I was just going to say yeah. they won a race every season apart from one in the turbo hybrid era, didn't they? So they were yeah. still they were a lot further up than Mercedes have been so far. Sorry, Andrew.
1: Well, Mercedes won last year, and you know they probably will win a race this year or more.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I yeah, I, I mean this statement to me is just PR. Uh, it's not going to affect the performance at all, uh, and I do think you've got a point there on. Social media becomes so big; they always have, feel they have to say something now because social media is becoming more and more important. I guess in the perception or look, look of a team, but it it is gonna be uh, interesting to see how Mercedes go this weekend because if we have, as we talked about in the last podcast, we have only seen the cars at one track. Uh, but if, the, if they are still behind, then it's gonna be a very long season. Uh, what are your thoughts on? I guess how the team have handled
2: not being at not being at the top over the last twelve months. I mean, I think I think firstly on the statement, like I I don't think, I can't see every other team doing it. And to be honest, I can't yeah. I can't see Ferrari or Red Bull doing it. And then I don't really think any other teams are big enough to kind of have to do it. So I do think it is maybe something unique um about Mercedes that they have taken this step. So I don't think it should just be taken as a given. But um
0: do you think someone's told them to do that? Do you think told to Wolf or Lewis Hamilton or Russell? Dave said, "Let's do this." Or do you think it's just the PR team who's decided to do this?
2: Don't I think... think it would be the drivers. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of a senior decision, but whether that's one person or a group of people at the top, I don't know. But I think I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn on it because <clears throat> on the on the one hand, I think the foundations that they had that took them to success in the previous era it's shown that they are still there, especially through last season in terms of the way they were able to build up, you know, kind of a a difficult car to actually be able to challenge for race wins and take that race win, obviously, at the end. So I think that does, I think to me that looks like it's still there, but then they've just missed so badly this time. And it is, I really thought for 2022, all of the um, emotion from the way that 2021 ended would really kind of light a fire under them and would be able to push them you know, and be able to kind of give them something extra emotionally that the other teams didn't have, but they seem to have just completely wasted that as well. So i um, yeah, it, I think they've done some things well in terms of their handling of it, but fundamentally, it's got to be seen as a massive failure. I think. Yep.
0: Andrew,
1: I think on that on Adams' point, there it's like, I think they did think that they had like a step up on the competition for twenty twenty two. Because they obviously it turned up the first test with like the first spec car. And obviously Hamilton had been saying before, you know, my team doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I think they thought, oh, we've got like a real card up our sleeve here that we're gonna show and like dominate. And then it's just been an absolute like flop. Um mm-hmm. in that sense. But they've also still got the 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 development capability. They've also still got like a team of extremely smart people there it's just I don't know starting from such a, a poor base um it's not it's not a good look
0: See, like, I'm not sure I'm not sure actually on the team they've got because they they have lost uh, James Allison uh the engine God Mike not Mike uh, and, and, and Andy Cowell they lost him uh and a couple more people that I forgot over the last few years and it is Mike Elliott who's built this car, and he built Lashley's car as well, I think as well. And it could just be a coincidence that he's built these two cars and they're not at the top, or it might not, we'll, we'll have to see. But there are talks that James Allison might come back, and that's never a good sign, really, that they're looking to bring old personnel back, because uh, it just says that the, that the current technical team they've got aren't doing that well. It's, just, it's uh, I've got the same thoughts with McLaren as well there, that the technical team isn't as strong as it has been in in, uh, in the past. So that is my worry with Mercedes and uh, we will have to see how they can, if they can develop their way into the season, I guess, because a lot of the teams have gone with a Red Bull style concept and that might have less potential than the Mercedes or Ferrari concept but if it doesn't and Mercedes find that they're stuck and they can't develop as, as much as they want then, and, and if they have to copy Red Bull next year, then, well, the next three or four years, it's going to be quite difficult, I think. So that, that, that is the problem I see that Mercedes might have.
1: I think I think they can probably take heart from Aston Martin, though, and how much they've gained from last year to this. Like, I think before, it might have been like, well, we're stuck with this concept because there's no way we can abandon it, and then hope to catch up, like, two, well, one, two seconds. But Aston have shown that you know what you can actually change concept and make huge gains. You know mm. that's that's following the kind of Red Bull model, but it's it's obviously possible.
2: And and as has been pointed out, Aston Martin are doing that with a lot of Mercedes components to design around as well. So it shows, shows that even with the foundations, different foundations that they've got to Red Bull, then it is there. I I think to me the the kind of worry is that if you look at a team that is fundamentally as operationally sound as Red Bull, even if they did have fallow years, then it still took them the whole of the year. It took them, what, eight, seven years to catch up, get to a point yeah. where they were able to catch up to Mercedes. So I think that does speak to how difficult it is to actually get, although, oh, you know, Ferrari got back a bit quicker, but I think, yeah, it, it does. To me, that's a worry that it once a team does have that step ahead, and it's the same for, for every team apart from Red Bull. Like, once that team does have that step ahead, it's really difficult to catch up because they are always gonna be working one step ahead of you. But yeah, we'll have to see. I think the other worry is the power train, which doesn't I think that's maybe where I be a bit more worried about, you know, departure of staff and whether they've been able to replenish that. But obviously it's frozen until twenty twenty six fundamentally. So we'll have to see then. But yeah, it, I think I think Mercedes still can do it, but it's just going to be so difficult, a lot more difficult than if they got off on the right foot last season. yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah i think
1: i think they can do it i think the like red bull and ferrari and the like turbo hybrid here i think to me that was mainly engine related which i think is harder to gain Mm -hmm. whereas this is like chassis related and design related and you know you can obviously see like the blueprints and whatever but you've got a kind of template in front of you that you can look at the red bull car and Aston Martin car and try and copy it,
0: <laughs> but if you copy it, you're always going to be behind, aren't you? It's like it's like Aston Martin. Are they ever going to get in front of Red Bull? Probably, probably not. And if Mercedes do copy Red Bull's concept, I, I just don't see how they can kind of catch up. To me personally,
1: um, yeah, I suppose so. That's a, that's a tough one.
0: And then the film with the budget cap as well. I know people say that's brought that's been brought into closer closer back up, but for a team like Mercedes who used to spend more they can't like do they can't go big and you know make a brand new concept mid-season they have to wait for the end of the season to make a new concept because they can't uh, or else they'll break the budget cap rules so that is a problem for Mercedes i'd say as well uh testing so limitations too
2: yeah and that in winter and stuff but would it not be better
1: to try and do that now
2: rather I, I than... don't Rather than he can because
0: if I surely they would have planned how they're going to spend the money for the season. So if they're going to have to rip that all up, then they're writing the season off. Which do you really want to do that after one race? You
2: know that's what it sounded like though when they were saying that on the Bahrain weekend, and I think that's what this letter seems to be speaking to is that they're accepting that the results aren't going to come quickly or they're probably not going to come this season to me it definitely looked like they are writing the season off and it's going to be about focusing on next year but the problem is how are they going to you know they need to have some parts of the car that they're able to build on for next season and develop for next season so it's just i imagine most of this season is going to be about finding that and give them giving themselves some sort of foundation that they can then build on for 2024 but yeah i i think they are going to be completely resetting
0: yeah um both Hamilton and Russell were overtaken by Fernando Alonso in the Bahrain Grand Prix. Alonso finished third, his 99th podium in F1, and I think pretty much everyone enjoyed seeing him back fighting at the front. Uh, we asked Andrew what he wanted to speak about before the podcast, and he said he wanted to speak about Alonso. Uh,
2: so that's my I'm just glad it about wasn't about, about rugby, to be honest. <laughs> uh, we'll, talked, we'll get to that, about don't well. worry. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: But yeah, Alonso, the, the, the big question is, how good is he now compared to the top drivers, so Howerton, Verstappen, Leclerc, is he as good as them do we think, or is he a bit behind?
1: I mean, I think he's in the top category of drivers. How many people have you got
0: in that category?
1: Four, probably the four you mentioned.
2: Okay, that's interesting. Adam? Right, so who's that? Uh... Leclerc, Hamilton
0: Verstappen and Andrew's point Alonso with them.
2: You wouldn't put Norris in there.
1: Um no. Why? Not proven in a front-running car yet.
0: Interesting.
1: See, uh, I'd similar with a... Russell. Like I think yeah. I think they they're like I would put them top of like tier 2 right now. But like I I would I mean I would have had Jensen Button in tier two and he was a world <laughs> champion. So it's not it's not a slight on them. It's just, you know, yeah. you can't all be in the top tier.
2: i I think I'd have Norris up there. I think there's a reason that he's been so highly sought after, um, given what's there at McLaren. I do think what he's shown in a in at McLaren is transferable over to a top yeah. team when he does get that opportunity, but I think it is a very yeah, it's a pretty small club. I probably have those five, and then you know it's half It is harsh on Russell, but I think when you look at him compared to Hamilton over this like last two thirds of last season, I think there was a gap there, like a small gap, but a noticeable gap, and that's where the kind of borderline goes really. But yeah, I'd I'd say five of Alonso, Hamilton, mm-hmm. Verstappen, Leclerc, and Norris. Do you think
0: Alonso is as good? As Hamilton and Verstappen now, because I I don't, as much as I love Alonso, it's hard. He's not at his best. His best for me was probably 10 10 years ago when he was at Ferrari, uh, when he nearly won the title in 2012. Uh, I don't think he's as fast as Hamilton and Alonso now. Uh, I I don't think he quite has that speed. I think he's got the racecraft, absolutely. In fact, he's got a bit of an old school style where he, he keeps it quite clean actually and goes uh, undercuts and cutbacks and that kind of thing uh, but of outright speed I think that's where he's missing compared to those top two for me
1: I, I would agree with that I think yeah. on race pace and race craft he's right there mm-hmm. I think on qualifying pace he's maybe a step behind Hamilton and Verstappen, uh, Hamilton and Verstappen which I think was shown in 07 when Hamilton joined the Grid and schooled them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's that? What's that? <laughs> I, 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 think, I, th- I think that is a key thing Is he has been alongside Hamilton in Ingall Machinery. And yes, there was a lot of external factors going on in that season, but Hamilton was a rookie coming in and he was able to take the fight immediately to Alonso on the first corner um, of his F1 career. I think the problem with Alonso is he's not been with a competitive teammate since what? Like, it,
1: the the McLaren era. The oh, Esteban McLaren era. competitive,
2: era. Esteban Ocon's competitive. But in, in terms of having a benchmark to like the very top in you know, talking um I'd say uh Leclerc to Vettel, obviously Hamilton's had a few over the years, Verstappen to Ricardo. I think Alonso hasn't that had that benchmark since I don't know, since he was against Raikkonen, maybe, twenty fourteen. Like it's a long oh, button. I
1: would say Jensen Button, but then it's hard. It's hard to talk off. about it with that car.
2: Yeah. like <laughs> Which that was that's, a dog. That's kind of where it is for me. Like I think he's getting the best out of the Aston Martin, but where where he lines up compared to the other drivers on the grid, I'm kind of not, or in, in that top echelon. I'm not really sure, but I do... I think I'd agree that qualifying pace is where he's losing something to the other drivers in that category, but I do think on like pure race pace and being able to like having that nouse and being able to know how to race a race and obviously you know the not just tire management but race management and then obviously going for it when he needs to and pulling pulling those moves he's got to be one of the hardest drivers on the grid to defend against and probably one of the hardest drivers to well one of the hardest drivers to attack against as well if not the hardest so i think that's definitely where he makes it up and then maybe it's just a few of the things around the edge of that that he just lose out a bit I don't think he gets enough credit for being well he's going to be 42 years old this
0: year mm. and he's still at one of the top four top five drivers we're all saying and I know sports people are naturally starting younger and uh, ending older now but to still be at this level I think is staggering I mean I'll be impressive how Hamilton is like this in three or four years which I think could happen but I think for any racing driver to be uh, doing what Alonso is doing is incredible really uh um, and yeah, for me, for me, he's always been—I'd say—top ten greatest F1 drivers ever. And if he won a third world title, that would just cement that. Obviously, I don't think—I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I, I do think he's underrated a bit in in, in that kind of sense. overall, I,
1: yeah. I actually think—I think his reputation's actually been enhanced by being at crap teams or being in a crap car. Oh, really? so it's like, well, he won in '05 and '06. You know, oh seven. Happened, you know, back to <laughs> Renault. It's not really, for the Ferrari car, was competitive, but it was, by far and away, the second best car on the grid. Like it wasn't, no. like on on pure pace, it shouldn't it shouldn't really have been anywhere near. Yeah. The Red Bull. Do you reckon twenty maybe ten? Maybe twenty twenty tens. and that's that's the that's probably the closest one though. Yeah. And to be fair, he had an absolute shocker in that last race. We cannot forget that. But it wasn't I
0: mean, his fault, though. It wasn't his fault.
1: Well, if you can't get past, you know, was it no Vitaly Petrov? That,
0: that was the strategy.
1: I mean, that's the world title on the line. You've got, what, 40 laps to get past Vitaly Petrov? No one was
0: overtaking in that race, man. There was no way. Just, <laughs> Listen, no, it's, a black, on him.
1: it's a black stain against his name.
0: It's not. It's not.
1: But. I, out with that. There's, there's like a, there's kind of like a mystique around Alonso yeah. that he benefits from having not been in like a race winning car. Everyone's like, oh, he's he's one of the best, but you know he's in this dog of a car, so he's not competing. Just like wait till he gets the machinery, you'll see. You know, and then he he will produce like one or two moments of magic a season, and folk are like, God, he's still one of the best. You know. I think exactly. he's
0: consistent as well though. I think the last two <clears> years he's been consistent. Apart from the first half of his return for season in twenty twenty one. I think he was consistently better than Ocon, I'd say. So I think he's got consistency as well. And that's what's so impressive. He can still do it week in, week out for me. Uh so yeah. No, I don't
1: I don't disagree, he's consistent, but you know, there's always a fallback of, you know, he's not winning because he's not got the car. Mm. Which I think helps his reputation in other people's minds
2: yeah i i kind of agree with that i i think he is actually pretty rated pretty well rated and it's just a what if like we don't know i I do think 2010 he you know should have been able to find a way to get that win but equally you know 2012 if you flip it the other way if he'd been in a better car then he would have you know, probably won the title with races to spare, and that was against Peak Vettel. So it is is a difficult one, but it's it's just like so far back to oh five oh six. Like that was before I was watching F one. Like it really, it's really is such a long way back that he has had that success. And what twenty thirteen was the last time he won a race? So it's even yeah. a long time back to that. And I kind of agree with Nigel. I think the you know him. What uh, McLaren at Baku, for example, um, him with Alpine at Hungary when he helped Ocon with, like those types of drives kind of add to his mystique. But it's just a difficult one to compare that to, say, the race record that Lewis Hamilton has or something like that.
0: Just quickly, how long do we think Alonso could race for? Because, I mean, if he's still good now, how long is that going to last for?
1: I mean, I I honestly don't see any reason why it can't last for like another. Three four years, wow, so forty five. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, why not? Why not though? Do you know what I mean. Yeah, if you look yeah, after I'd, yourself, I'd, I'd, if your yeah. your reflexes are still there and all that, I don't.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think he could still get a seat on the grid if he was at a Riken and what twenty twenty one level, and I reckon it could be like like Andrew said, like three or four, four or five years until he drops down to that level. So yeah, again, I don't see, I don't see a reason why. Not as long as he just doesn't burn, you know, his bridges at Aston Martin as he's done consistently throughout his career. So, yeah, I think that'll be the biggest limiting factor. Is um, yeah, he's kind of um, nouse around the paddock rather than his his speed. Is yeah, that a, is it's... a two-year deal he's on at Aston? I believe so.
1: Two-year deal. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's definitely multi-year, so it's at least two, if not yeah. more
2: just uh, for the clarification. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a little dig there. Uh, anyway,
0: uh, there is a race this weekend, Saudi Arabia. It's the third race that is taking place in Jeddah. They were actually meant to build a new track in Kidia. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I'm going sure. anyway, uh, to not, that. Well, to be fair, they've not announced anything, so I don't know if it's being built or if it's not happening at all, but it looks like Jeddah is going to stay for at least three or four more years, it looks like. What do we think of the track? Because I think, I know i just said this about one, but I think it's <laughs> underrated. <laughs> just because it's high speed, it's different, it's unique. I know the drivers say, it has been some, some complaints before, that it's a bit too too dangerous. But as a fan, I absolutely love that. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, Andrew.
1: Um I mean, the first year it was on the calendar, I thought it was an absolute death trap. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way you can possibly have this." Was it was the second last race, wasn't it in twenty twenty one? Or third last? Was like,
2: second, third, second,
1: last. Like, I'm glad they've moved it to the start of the year. Um, I just think there's just so many variables that can end up like determining the outcome of a world championship, and I just would hate. I kind of hated it being. Like the second last race, with it dis- makes
0: it exciting though, surely. Having those variables, having ver- ver- having variables in sport makes it exciting, surely.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. it makes an individual race exciting, but I would hate for like a race like that to determine a world championship. Like to me, it like spits in the face of fairness that, and I'm all about that. So, um,
0: you've been watching the wrong sport for the last few years, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: precisely. Uh, but as a track. Yeah, I suppose it's good. I mean, it it's, it offers very high speed, like you say, and it offers good chances for overtaking. So,
2: yeah, yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I think I'm still not a fan of racing in Saudi Arabia, and that goes for a lot of other yeah, yeah. places that F one races. But if you put all of that aside, then yeah, I I think it is a great addition to the calendar. I think it leaves a lot for Kyrill to live up to once it does finally. Get built and being added to the calendar. But it's, I mean, it's not a unique challenge because I guess Baku is similar, but I, I do genuinely think there's not many things that replicate its challenge on the calendar, you know. And if you think of, you know, it, it is on the edge. If that's what people love about Monaco qualifying, you know, of the wall of champions, that's how that became iconic. So it does, you do have to get everything right going around it as Verstappen learned in 2021. So I think. It's it, yeah, it adds something maybe not unique, but definitely different to a lot of other tracks on the calendar. I think that's a really good thing. And, um, yeah, it, it'll be, I just hope that there's a good race. It'll probably, there'll probably be a safety car at some point and that might shake it up or it might not. But I do, I hope it's a race that is able to do the track justice, really.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, it's just a high speed nature. <clears throat> we, we want to see the drivers on the limit, close to the walls, risking it. And that is what they have to do, especially in, in qualifying. But even in the race, there's not much tired deck So they can push really hard, as we've seen in, uh, in the last few years, with Calderon and Verstappen obviously having that controversial fight in 2021. Then last year, Verstappen and the club having a bit of a cleaner fight. But even then, they would play DRS games because there's three DRS zones, and they can play that game as well. So I think that all just adds to it. Uh, so I, I think I will not go to far I'm thinking, kind of, where to rank it in in the calendar. Obviously, there's a lot of historic tracks like Silverstone, Interlagos, Spa that have, have to have to be right up there. But in terms of, I guess, apart from Baku, in, in terms of circuits being built in the last twenty years, it's got to be one of the best. I think, uh, thinking about it,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, in terms of like producing excitement, definitely, I would say.
2: Yeah, in terms of races over the last two years, then what is it there, Bahrain, Silverstone, Interlagos, Zambor yeah. maybe? Like there's not, you know, there's definitely less than 10, maybe kind of six to eight race um, circuits that have had two good races in a row and they're obviously the different regulations. So I think, yeah, when it comes down to that, it is definitely it's definitely up there. But then I'd still have, you know, even like Hungary and Bahrain, I'd still probably have over it just because you get a bit more actually quality, of racing there, you don't get the DRS games when there's kind of more, certainly for Hungary, there's usually more of a strategic battle, so I'd say that's maybe where it falls down a bit, that the races are exciting at a macro level, but, you know, if you're just looking for the action, then it's maybe not so not so good, so yeah, but I'd definitely say it's in that top what, top third of, of circuits on the calendar?
0: Yeah, I mean just 23 races calendar, so that's yeah, top seven yeah, or top, top eight, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. Tough. I mean, if if there is another great race this weekend, which on paper it should be a Red Bull one-two or Red Bull dominance, <laughs> then I think that just shows that there is something about the track uh, that creates good races. Because if you get three races in a row, you know, after three years, then there must be something about the track. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I I read somewhere today that the track should favor mercedes more than bahrain which was another reason for optimism for a good race <laughs> people it's, a, so it's front limited which plays more into mercedes hands than bahrain
0: yeah i think mercedes's big problem problem was traction to the slow speed corners and saudi arabia doesn't have any of that apart from the first chicane uh then the la- well, even the last quarter is quite fast so Yeah, and I've read, I I think Casting Martin will be up there as well, because I think they were quite happy with their high-speed performance, so in theory, the pack should be closer to Red Bull, it's just for me, I think Red Bull's biggest strength is tyre wear, and if they can push harder every single lap, uh, then it's going to be quite hard to beat that, and that is where the other teams have got a lot of catching up to do, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that was um, like another kind of Thing about Aston Martin and Bahrain. Like, obviously, they followed the Red Bull concept and their tyre wear was so much better. Yeah. Like, Ferrari and Merck were struggling big time, and Alonso was just able to push like every single lap straight through to the
2: end. Yeah, I think Mercedes, it'll be difficult to see. They just keep talking about putting more downforce on the car, and I don't think they'll be able to, I don't think they'll really be able to compete. I still don't see them breaking into that. Definitely not challenging. Red Bull and also Ferrari seem to be. You know, not too far away from Red Bull. A lot, well, definitely a lot closer to Red Bull than Mercedes are. And I think for Mercedes, it will be battling Stroll. And then if Alonso is having a bad day, then they may be keeping the battles to him. But I just don't really. Yeah, I think it's going to be a Red Bull definitely favourites, and then see if maybe Ferrari, maybe Alonso can stick their noses in. But I'm not. I'm not too optimistic. I'll say that. So, do you think the pecking order is going to be similar to Bahrain? I mean,
0: obviously, it's so hard to tell us there because it is only in the second race. But that is kind of what I'm leaning towards. too.
2: certainly at the top, I think there's a lot more to see. Um, at the bottom, and you know, there were just drivers who didn't have good races. I mean, it, um, seeing how the Alpines do if they can both get a clean weekend, that should help to place them a bit more. But yeah, I think I think certainly at the top, I don't see too much changing.
1: Yeah. Do you, think, do you think there's scope for Aston Martin to be second on the grid? Like the second-best yes.
0: team? I mean, see, this is what I mean by Al- Al- Alonso's qualifying. Plus, he only did one run in Q3 in Bahrain as well, I think. Uh, I think there was very little between Ferrari and Aston Martin in qualifying in Bahrain. Uh, but it's just the drivers as well, Leclerc, who did a better lap than Alonso for me. And then in the race, Aston Martin had better race pace or better tyre wear than Ferrari a bit, I thought. Uh, so, again, I think it's just going to be quite equal, personally, between those two. Uh,
2: I think certainly for yeah. qualifying, I think Ferrari have the edge and Leclerc in the Ferrari has the edge. I mean, he was talking about, he was, what, a tenth off of Stappen after they did their first Q3 run. So, I think... Mm-hmm. I think that's where their real strength is. I think certainly in qualifying, I'd expect the top three... Yeah, the top three, if not the top four, to be Red Bull and Ferrari lockout. But then, yeah, maybe Alonso can sneak into fourth. But then definitely in the race, I think it's going to be a lot tighter. Again, though, I think, you know, what Leclerc was able to drag out the Ferrari before his engine failed, then Alonso was never catching that. So while I think it's maybe the narrative has been skewed a bit by that late retirement because obviously you know as a you don't want to be having those retirements but in terms of actually how fast the I guess number one drivers for each team were and I think Leclerc did have that edge so it'll be interesting to see how that goes in Saudi Arabia but yeah I am i don't know I, I just not I'm kind of going into it with an open mind but going into it with the order set Kind of with an expectation that it will be similar or you know same to same as last time.
0: Yeah, I would quite yeah. like to see Alonso uh, not be in traffic basically for the first part of the race because that's what happened to yeah. Barré. I'd be interested to see if he's behind the Red Bulls after lap one. Can he go with them? And if he can, and even if he doesn't get ahead of them, I think that does build well, very well actually, for the season. So I'm I'm hoping that that's what happens. Uh, but yeah.
1: Just to to Adam's point, I think Alonso might have caught Leclerc in Bahrain. Really? Was yeah. About well, like, ten seconds
0: wasn't there also.
1: Yeah, there was. I think it was nine point three seconds when Leclerc retired. He was ahead of Science, and Alonso finished ten seconds ahead of Science.
0: Would surely of... Le- Leclerc would have increased his pace though. Surely.
1: I don't know, but with the tire wear on the Ferrari,
0: mm, that's interesting. I think I got, it it it, it, it would have been quite close. It, it would have been like last four, three or four laps if he got there.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily a given that Leclerc would have finished third. You know, if Alonso had caught him, for example, he would have obviously been closing at you know high speed, less tire wear. I didn't think and, we'd be and, arguing about a race won't <laughs> <too> so <laughs> <all> We are <have, laughs> one Adam, <will>
2: fight back. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I just think. I think Leclerc was able to get a bit more out of the Ferrari. We saw that over over the whole, or you know, Saturday and the Sunday than Alonso. Uh, sorry, than Sainz. So I think I think he just would have been able to keep that gap. And even even if Alonso did arrive, then it's still not. There are plenty of op- opportunities to retake at the circuit. We saw that several times on in the Grand Prix. So I do think that you know it, it's one thing getting up to them, but it might take one or two laps longer to pass than actually just getting up to that point. And if you're talking about right at the end of the race, whether he would have been on the same time as Leclerc at the end of the race with no kind of um no encumbering factors, then I think it would have even if he had caught up then I don't think he would have had the time to pass.
1: Well but you're admitting it wasn't a given that Leclerc would have
2: I'd say eighty percent Leclerc keeps I'll take intake.
0: that <laughs> <laughs> I will say that that was is- uh, brought points point to my mind. The about Martin straight line speed, it's even, that, even compared to the Mercedes, actually, it wasn't easy for Alonso to get past. He had to be kind of right on the back of Hamilton yeah, and Russell. On that's the true. So he didn't exactly zoom past. Uh, so maybe that's something to do with a drag that we got or something else. Uh, but it did seem quite weak, even though he, he did get third in the end. But anyway, uh, let's not talk about Bahrain, let's predict what's going to happen this weekend. Who's going to be on pole position? Are what you or... going to
2: predict a Leclerc pole and win again, <laughs> Nigel? Uh it's the Nigel Two Brains Trust.
0: <laughs> yes, I am. Why not? Go on then. Wait, really? <laughs> yes, I am. Why well, not? Really? <laughs> not... Yeah, I don't care. Because on, on our total motorsports slack, like, I say something else and I get that right. So...
2: Yeah, but this is the uh, one that's going out. There's not a world yeah, on the billions the... of people around. Yeah, the world exactly. To,
0: and there <laughs> uh, was the eight people on our Slack, including you two, <laughs> to see my actual prediction. But yeah, why not? I'm just going to stick with that uh, because
1: you're going to uh, die on first. that hell.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to die. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I think out of us three, you're going to die first.
1: It's Saudi Arabia. Can't rule really anything
0: out. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'll go in Leclerc, Paul. Uh, Adam?
2: <laughs> um, I'll go Verstappen. Oh, it's like very boring to go Verstappen, pole and win, isn't it? Oh, wow. You're going Verstappen. Who would have thought that, Andrew?
1: It's a prediction. You know? We're not trying to get it wrong. <laughs> uh, well, one of us is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't see anything <laughs> other than Verstappen, Paul, and another. Fairly dominant win, sadly.
0: Okay. Who do you think is going to be second in the race?
1: I'm going to go Leclerc second.
0: I'll say Verstappen second.
1: I'll say
2: Leclerc second as well. Okay, so not a Red Bull one too. Are you going to have Perez in third? Yeah, I didn't really think about why I didn't have him there. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, yeah. Saudi, Saudi Arabia gets a... Yeah, I'll have him in third, it's, yeah, kind of Saudi Arabian gets a tap or gets puncture or has something that encumbers his race that means it's not a one. I think on pegs, I can see them.
0: I mean, the I am thing. still banking on, I know I bangs on the race, but we have only seen about one track, so I, I really do hope the pecking order is different, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, Andrew, who are
1: third? It's the hope that kills you, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go Alonso in third, just so it's one of each, and oh, yeah. We obviously can't, you know, we can't rule out Crash. So yeah. I'm going to say Perez will bin it in the wall again. And we'll have again. a Verstappen dominant win. And Leclerc and Alonso are battling it out for second.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so who's third?
1: Alonso. Alonso.
0: Alonso. Who's that. third for you? I, I didn't hear that bit. Who's third for me? Uh
1: Really say thought Hamilton. about it, haven't you? Say it's Hamilton, I'll tell you.
2: Alonso. Okay. Alonso. Uh, let's fill out... We did top five for last time, so let's fill out that fourth and fifth. Yeah, Nigel. Don't worry,
0: we're not doing the whole top twenty or else we'll be in no. here forever. <laughs> uh, fourth, about fourth and fifth, I'll just say uh, Paris and Hamilton.
2: Fourth and fifth for me. I'll go Alonzo and Hamilton. I was going to go Alonzo and Stroll, but I bottled it. So,
1: <laughs> just like your rugby team. I'll go. um, I'll go Hamilton and Saints fourth and fifth. I feel like Saints is just like the forgotten man in F one.
0: Yeah, it's interesting Mm -hmm. Saints because he's like he is very very good. It's just he's against Leclerc who happens to be one of the best drivers on the grid.
2: Uh, It's also at Leclerc in a Ferrari that isn't the best. I think that's where it comes from. Is like it's not. I mean, obviously, it's a lot better than what he would have had at McLaren if he'd stayed, but, like, it's not... Like, if, if the Ferrari had been the red bull from last season, I think he would have been, we team in a better light, really. But, like, where Leclerc... Leclerc's kind of doing these heroics to be able to be in the battle for the front, whereas, like, even if Science is only a couple of tenths back, then that can mean a lot in terms of, you know, where are the drivers, like, in similar machinery are able to come and over him.
1: Would that, would that not change... How much you rate you rate Norris a we bit? Given the Saints, Norris head to head, and now the Saints Leclerc head to head.
0: No, nah, because Norris was against Saints in his very first season. Uh, sorry, the first two seasons, wasn't he? So Yeah. I,
2: Norris I know, had a but... fair Norris had a fair bit of bad luck as well in terms of retirements and stuff like that in his first year, and I think he would have been at least closer to science from what I remember. So yeah, I think in term I think you can really see the way that Norris has developed. Since then, but I think to come in and be competitive there is like good,
0: yeah. And Norris has consistently been unbelievable. being I mean, what he did to Daniel Ricciardo, I know uh, Ricciardo obviously had his own troubles, but to beat someone like that so well was just ridiculously good. I thought, uh, and it, it, I mean, that's kind of what Alonso was doing to, to his teammates four or five years ago, to so Van Dorn. And then against Massa at Ferrari, uh, and the other teammates he's had apart from Hamilton, really. So Norris has been doing that over the last two two years as well. I'd say that's what's made
2: him so good. If Norris does announce a big move over the next like year or even longer, if we're still like talking to Andrew, then we need to get him back on for the reaction podcast for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. I just you know I just think it's not still not tested enough for me. I just I mean I'm I'm gonna sound like a Norris hater. Um but obviously like the car like the car just obviously did not suit Ricardo at all. Like I don't think the gulf they had there was Yeah, but he had
0: two years. He had two very different cars, two different regulations. You, you can't what you can you can say you can have one bad season there f one. In fact you can have two bad seasons if you've got a similar car, but two different cars. There's not many excuses, I
1: think though. You can have five bad seasons if you're Lance Stroll. <laughs> you can have as many bad seasons as you want. <laughs> no, I know,
2: I know. Just go- going back to the science, though. Like, what what bracket would you have him in? Because if we've got the top fives that doesn't include Russell, and for you doesn't include Norris and, um, yeah, Norris and Russell, then would both of you have science in the same bracket as those two? Then, or would you have them in their own thing? Or I'd have more brackets. It's like I wouldn't have Alonso and of and Verstappen's bracket,
0: like. But... For me, there's about ten brackets. There is. There's, there's, there's,
1: there's, there's, there's not three or four. There's ten. There's, 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 there's twenty yeah. brackets.
0: <laughs> there probably is twenty brackets. For, I, I probably could make a one to twenty ranking right now. Actually. Well, so, you did on yeah. total motorsport last yeah, week. Yeah, I have. So check it out. Well, um, I'm always right for total motorsport. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think the science is like seventh or eighth. It's probably like seventh, isn't it? In terms of if we were making a list, I'd say it's about seventh, give or take.
1: But I mean I I wouldn't have like Norris definitively ahead of Science in the pecking order really? given their given their record as teammates, yeah. But you're judging Norris
0: on his first two seasons when Science was in his fifth and sixth season. Yeah,
1: that but then but then, then you're but then you're you're putting him in well, sorry, you're not, but Adam's putting him in the top tier where Hamilton yeah, but, I, I, Hamilton I, I, I joined agree. the grid. And went up against Alonso. No, I don't think. No, I, I with... don't think
0: Adams saying Norris is better than Hamilton, but you he say he's in the top five drivers, and if we could have a tier of four or five, which I think is stupid,
1: then Norris would be in
0: the top tier. No, if we have a Adam.
1: Adam definitively put him
2: in the no. top tier. Let me
0: speak for Adam. Adam does not think that <laughs> Norris is as good as or better than Lewis Hamilton. He does not think that. Do you?
2: No, I do not think that.
0: So, there you go. Okay. But I, well, I, I think now, now. if you turned that around and said yes, then you would have really done me there <laughs> uh, well, no, go on.
2: Yeah, I, I just think in terms of the talent, the raw speed and the way he's been able to put it down in the McLaren, then I think that all points to him being a top tier driver. And yeah, I think we'll see if it does keep going downhill at McLaren, then we'll see that reflected in what the demand is for him. Because I think bar Bar Red Bull, I think most of the teams would, be, would want to have him in their team. I'd say 9 out of 10 would want to have him in there team and, and maybe even Rebel would be in for him as well. So yeah. yeah, I I I just think that's really where it comes from. Like the intangibles, I think, when when you see him race and you see what he's able to get out of the car, just puts him in that top bracket for me. And yeah, he's you know fourth or fifth in that bracket, but I think he's still got enough again, like it's difficult, but I think he's just got enough of that advantage over, you know, the likes of Russell and Saints and whoever else so. putting below yeah, Russell's the kind of Russell's a difficult one, but I think. But yeah, my
1: my question was going to be Norris versus Russell, same car. What well,
2: what do you think happens? Oh,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't think you could say oh. one way or the other. Russell
2: that. won in F two, didn't he? Um, yeah, I'd...
1: yeah, I, I think it's... I'd actually give Russell the edge in that personally. again.
2: But also, then it's like you know who's the car kind of designed around. I think you could put them in you know, the same car. You can have like five or you know, four or five different same cars and they probably, get you know, it probably yeah, get different results. So but but that's yeah, you know I that's know. It's, it's a really tough one. It is a really tough one. Um but yeah and
1: that and that, that's also that's why I say to Nigel why you know Verstappen is obviously one of the best drivers but I would like to see him in another car until I you know would even dream of definitively rating him as the best
0: what's what the best driver in f1 now
1: uh-huh I
0: think I think you broke all there just repeat what repeat what you said
1: <laughs> I said yes
0: oh you said yeah No, not, seriously you actually you actually broke all there. so you so you're, so you're saying Stafford's not the best driver in f1 right
1: now I'm saying he's not for me definitively the best driver right now. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not so the best driver. So what are you saying? That he's not clear. It's unclear right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him or Hamilton, either of them, as the definitive number one. No. Until
0: twenty twenty one, proved for me that is better for me, ignoring the stupidness at the end, obviously. Uh.
1: Yeah. I mean. We're going to bot heads on that, so...
0: We can if you want. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, why? Like, why? Why did that prove definitively? Because
0: uh, I think Verstappen won in a worse car, not you.
1: But yeah, I think you had a better car.
0: That's a load of rubbish. <laughs>
1: That's a load of it's a a- not just Adrian, Look to the
0: 50-50 races. No, Bahrain, the 50-50 race in terms of car performance. Okay, he lost mm, that one. I don't agree. He lost that one. France, he beat Alonso. Zandvoort and what else was a fifty fifty? In France, going
2: down as a 50-50 race.
0: Well, I anything, Mercedes were better in France twenty twenty one, and I think Verstappen, we had this debate with, at with, the, the,
2: time, perfect disagree, strategy, with the perfect strategy and with the perfect
0: strategy. In fact, go back and watch every single twenty twenty one episode, <laughs> and you'll see see this debate. <laughs> but I genuinely think twenty twenty one Verstappen won in the worst car, and that has only happened. Four or five times in F1's history, probably were a driver's won the championship with, with not, not having the best car. And for me, that's just incredible. Uh,
1: but... Well, I mean, Ad- Adrian Newey said after the season that he, th- he thought Red Bull had the better car across the year. Did he? And, uh, and, uh-huh. and also, I would say, I mean, I wouldn't say Bahrain was a 50 50. I mean, I'd say Red Bull had definitely had the better package in Bahrain. If we're going to be pedantic about it. I don't
0: think so. Which, not, not in the race. No. Why not? It was
1: 50-50. Well, there we go. I disagree. <laughs> and Adrian knew he did say that Red Bull had the better car across the season, so you can go and look that one up. If you look at Hamilton's
0: mistakes in the season, he made more mistakes than, uh, than Verstappen under the pressure. I mean, obviously, I'm time to go for I think, So, so Ible- did Michael uh... Massey, though. Imola, Baku, we will about Houten versus Verstappen, Imola, Baku, <laughs> Silverstone, obviously we can't speak about, it, but personally I thought that was Hamilton's fault, and he got the, the right penalty in the end, uh, in qualifying, he hold made on, mistakes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Monaco, he was 7th, uh, behind Bottas, there's there's many examples where Hamilton made mistakes and Verstappen, I think, didn't make, did he make any? I mean, in terms of racing, yeah, he went over the limits, I guess. Yeah. You know, but in terms of like actual mistakes, like Hamilton at Imola or Baku, he didn't, he, he didn't do any of that. Well,
1: think... what, what, was, what was Hamilton's mistake at Baku? Well, a, accidentally hitting a switch. Yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah, but it's not like a driver error. It's a. He lost freak... twenty five
2: points.
0: <clears throat> it's a, it's a, a driver. It's... Whose fault was it? It was Hamilton. It's a driver error.
1: It's a freak accident. It's that is. It's, it's a
2: a not a racing. Accident. It's not a racing mistake. It is.
1: That's not not a mistake. That's a freak incident that happens.
0: Whose fault was it?
1: Once in 10 seasons.
0: And it happened to to Hamilton. That that is his fault.
1: No, No, I mean, you can lay the blame equally at the bloody design of the Mercedes steering wheel if we're going to get... To me, that's not a Hamilton wheel that
0: he knows that he's been using all season, and that hasn't changed.
1: I don't know how you can look at that back incident and call it anything other than a bit of bad luck for Hamilton that he like turned left quickly like unknowingly hit the magic button on and like locked up massively it's it's not like it's not like it's not his mistake it's a it's an accident I don't Certainly can't include that in the list of Hamilton mistakes that yes, proves Verstappen yes. is better in 2021. A small I think,
0: mistake that led to
1: massive consequences.
2: I think if you're talking about it, it, him as a driver, what does that say about him as a driver in a negative light? Uh,
0: that under the very highest pressure Verstappen was better for me.
2: No, no, no. Like, what does that like single mistake, freak accident, whatever you want to call it, what does that say about Hamilton negatively as a driver? I've just said that under the very highest pressure, Verstappen is a bit better. But that's not like that's that's talking about it as a general thing. Yeah, like if if you're we're just, talking if, if you're just if you're looking at the incident itself, I'm using that as an like, example. What what driving like skill? How does that you know what what element of him as a driver does the does that show like negativity Nothing. in? Well, exactly then.
0: But in the same race, Verstappen was going to win until his tire blew up.
1: Yeah, that's a mistake. Pushing too hard
0: <laughs>
1: shouldn't, shouldn't shouldn't have driven over a bit of debris. Oh,
0: anyway, anyway, right, we're going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> is there anything we you want to say to Adam about the rugby? Or oh, not?
1: no. Um. Well, we'll just we'll pass over to Adam and, and get his thoughts on the. He doesn't really care about it this year. It, it, yeah, it, like
2: it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I. I do. I feel like it is. I mean, I'm not a massive Borthwick fan anyway, but I do think. I just think it was such a daft decision to sack Eddie Jones a year before the world cup. Like I don't, I I just think that's so, when you've invested so much in a world cup cycle to then effectively bin it off. Yeah. I just don't think you can expect really ed, any coach, Bob, you know, maybe, maybe one or two to come in and make a difference in a year that Eddie Jones wouldn't have been able to do having been building up to that. So yeah, I'm not really like, yeah, I, I feel like I've just disowned really, this year, and I'll check we can back in after the World Cup. But having said that, like it's not, you know, is a is a really poor performance, and and also just the fact that you know it, it used to be relied upon that we could beat Scotland every year, and then it's not. I, d- I don't know what was the last time twenty did we beat you in twenty twenty.
1: No, I it's six years since your last one. It was that um, it was like extremely wet day, and I think that was, it it was 2020. Was
2: like a... But then it's maybe the like one, it, was, it, I, it might be like one win in six, something like that. Like it used to be it used to be much more reliable, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden it's not. It's not a guarantee yeah, no, win I, column.
1: I think what it is is like unbeaten in like six years at Twickenham and you, yeah. and you the win you got was it was at Murrayfield. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was um I think the wor- the worst thing about the England performance was almost like the players looked like they chucked it at like 60 minutes. I mean, yeah. just like there was, they're not, not even like, not sprinting back, just like on you go, yeah. Whatever, go sc- score another try.
2: Yeah, there's a lot more. I think there's a lot of kind of personnel decisions that they have to make and stick to. Really, I think like chopping and changing between Smith and Farrell, like it's not, they're not kind of like for like replacements you've got to really stick with one and then build the team around that but yeah beyond that the the players just look like mentally they've they've checked out i think if they were if you look at this compared to 2019 where even you know like yes they were playing a lot better but also just the intensity that they brought was so much higher and i don't think that's been there at all so yeah i'm not looking not very hyped for the world cup but uh yeah i'll have to see i'm british for the world cup not english
1: that was dismal. That <laughs> was, was the only bright spark of my weekend.
2: That's because you're covering the golf, and that's boring.
0: But anyway, uh, you can't find Adam's, boring. you can't find Adam, uh, Adam's, Andrew's article articles, uh, uh golf monthly because that's who he writes for, and gets paid for, and he also gets paid by Dalton Motorsport as well, where you can find this podcast and our features and stuff as well. Uh, so. Thanks to Adam, thanks to Andrew, thanks to you for listening or watching on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening to this. I don't know any other platforms. Uh, we will see you next week after the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. Bye!
2: Bye!
1: <laughs> Bye.